Celtics about ready to wrap up the preseason. What do we want to see from the last preseason game? From Joe Mazzula, Malcolm Brogdon, Luke Cornett, Fiondo Cabangeli, Jason Tatum. What do we want to see? It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back. Back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day, Monday through Friday, with a free, fresh podcast that is available everywhere podcasts exist and also on YouTube. So watch the show on YouTube as well. Subscribe there. Uh, I want to thank you for making this show your first listen every day and part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player, now a credential beat writer covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and also author of the book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today, we are looking at what we want to see in this final preseason game. The Celtics had their final practice on Wednesday. This is going to be the Thursday show. Friday, they're playing their their, um, final preseason game. I guess what I'll do for Friday, I want to have a little bit more fun. I had a one-on-one with Fiondo Campagnelli. Uh, I'll share that audio with you tomorrow uh that dude is just so much fun uh, let me bring in tom westerholm for this tom westerholm underscore boys in the house what's up tommy i'm here i'm not gonna be as much fun as uh, no. gavin kelly I'm, no. I'm sorry to all the listeners uh i know you expected me to be uh but i, I can't match his energy uh that is true that is true and i'm not even like saying that in a derogatory way he's just <laughs> for a ball of energy <laughs> that dude is Seriously, Tom, like the most likable person I might have ever met. And I've spoken extensively to Al Horford. Like <laughs> Cabin Gelly is just this wide-eyed, bright, like just soaking it all in. He is just happy as hell to be part of the Celtics. Um, so I think that's gonna be a fun thing. I'll share, I'll share my one-on-one with Cabin Gelly tomorrow. Today, we're gonna talk about this final preseason game. And what we're looking for, what can the Celtics accomplish in this game that will tell us anything at all? And um, we start, I guess, the number one thing, Tom, is that the stuff that we were talking about yesterday, I guess, which is the starting lineup, I need to see Luke Cornett with these guys. The, the biggest, number one, most important thing, and people are in the comments of the YouTube a video saying, stop trying to convince us that, Kevin, that, that Cornett is going to work, but like, I'm not trying to convince anything. I think he can work. I think he could be okay, but I want to see it. And if if in this first preseason game, his only preseason game, he's iffy, then it starts to say, oh, okay, maybe there have to be some other options. But you, you want to see some positive results, something in the way he sets a pick, the way he rolls, the way he shoots, defends, something from Luke Cornett that can say, all right, you guys, you've you've been – okay believing that he can fill the gap for now to be clear i have no idea if the cornet is going to work i just think they're going to do it 
Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to convince anybody. I think everybody I else is good enough where <laughs> he can fit in fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 that seems like the most reasonable place to put him. So yeah, I mean, it's just like like it's less about like oh, I think it's going to work because X, Y, and Z, and more about just like um, here are the reasons that I think the Celtics are going to uh, to give this a shot. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think. Like like we talked about last time, you know, if from him, I, I want to see, I want to see a little bit of floor spacing. I want to see the ball movement. Um, and I think the big thing that um, that that he, you want to see from Cornette, if if you're thinking that he's going to be somebody who gets significant minutes, is the screening. I think you want to see that, like when he gets in there, he, first of all, he frees the guy up. You know that that the guy gets the little bit of space that he needs, and and then after that, you want to see that whatever Cornette does after he sets the screen is something that's going to be productive. So if I'm um, if I'm the Celtics, that's the big thing that I'm looking for with him. It's just like, like, cause, cause his job is not to, to create anything, to, to score anything really. Mm-hmm. His job is just to help other people do that. So, uh, whether that's passing, whether that's screening, those are the big things that I want to see. And especially the screening, because that's, you know, just such a staple of the Celtics offense is getting those guys going. Yeah. The, and that's been one of the topics that they've talked about maybe the most in, in camp. And it's about. I think I think one of the low key, just kind of nerdy basketball things that the Celtics are are uh, most in need of perfecting, I guess, is that screening that they've got. Okay, so you got Al Horford, but Luke Cornett, Fiano Cabangeli, Noah Vonleh, Blake Griffin. Now they've all been around to some degree, varying degrees. Some guys for a while, some guys for not so long. They, their ability to set picks and them learning from each other how to set the picks for these guys. Not every pick is the same either. Certain guys like things certain ways, and certain there's certain timings in different types of screens. And when do you hold it? When do you release from it real quick? Like all of that different different stuff is important. That's why I thought the Jalen Brown, Cabin Gelly pick and roll school stuff was really important. And that's why these guys talk about it so much. You gotta, you gotta be able to take, uh, you, you gotta be able to give Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, especially the, the room to operate. If you can set a good screen and now you're, you're forcing help and you're forcing rotation that gives guys as good as those two are to the opportunity to to break down a defense and not just to score but to pass and create for other players. So screening it's a good point. Like that might be the most important little piece of minutia in a basketball play that no one thinks about but is so critically important. And I'll just add this other point. We saw a bunch of illegal screens from Noah Vonley and Daniel Cabigelli. Yeah. <laughs> Got to figure out how to set the Al Horford illegal screen without it being called an illegal screen. Yeah, which is tough to do because I think Al is just so trustworthy that reps are like, oh, that must have been good. I think, uh, I think that was a good <laughs> one. But yeah, no, I mean, especially like, and I, I think that's a big thing with Bonley too, right? Because he's another guy who's got kind of a lot to show in this last game because like, he's, he's you know, grabs a lot of rebounds, which you knew he was going to do. And I, I personally think that there's a good chance that like that rebounding could just kind of be what keeps him around. Like mm-hmm. the Celtics need rebounding. And yeah, if like somebody's just annihilating them on the glass, like, okay, like 
you know, until Rob Williams gets back, like here's here's a guy who can handle some of that. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see some some Vonley as a result of that. Um, but you know, yeah, like gotta free guys up. That's that's you you don't have to score. You don't have to do you know you don't have to do much else. You just gotta just gotta make it a little bit easier for for guys for whom a lot of attention is going to be focused. And the the ability to set a screen without fouling, besides the obvious, you're committing a turnover. You're committing fouls that take the teeth out of your defense. Right. Because if you're, and I don't expect this to happen all the time, but we saw in preseason uh, a couple of uh, a couple of games, I think, where Vonley came down and set illegal screens right away, and he had a couple back to back. You don't want to give the other team two fouls, and then take away how aggressive a team can be because you're that much closer to putting a team in the penalty. Or, you know, you're trying, you, your defense is out there being aggressive. Those two offensive fouls, plus the couple of fouls that you now have committed, you know, trying to be aggressive. Next thing you know, it's seven minutes to go in the quarter and the next foul puts them in the, in the, in the bonus. And you're just like, Oh crap. Now, now you, you tend to maybe back off a little bit, at least on the perimeter it has it has a wide ranging ripple effect. Other than he didn't get the guy open, he didn't do the 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 ability to minimize the fouling in that aspect of the game actually increases their ability to be aggressive on on the defensive end. Yeah, and yeah, one hundred percent. I also think that uh, you know if if you look at it's it's going to be interesting Friday because I think making sure that that you like set those cleanly and that you that you free guys up against the raptors like with, with all of that you yeah. know all that length all that stuff making sure you get some of those switches you know cleanly without fouling all that stuff making sure that you uh that, that you can kind of generate some offense against a team that is pretty versatile and that does have a lot of defensive options i mean that's look like the celtics really uh really thrive against mismatches so um that's that's kind of another thing that i'm that i'm looking at there is like the, the, the Raptors are a fun test that way because they're so long, because they're so versatile, because they're so athletic. Um, they're kind of a fun team to, to see that against as well. So, um, yeah, that's a, <laughs> a lot of screening talk here. The first a lot of screen talk. Like it. All right. <laughs> that's how you know it's a, a John Corrales podcast. Is yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, <laughs> a lot of talk about the big men minutia. We're going <laughs> to. Now, up next. Uh, 40, 42 minutes on footwork in the post. Drop no, steps. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> get a feel the defender on your hip. Uh, all right. Well, we'll get to Tom. Tom's going to take a second here to tell us what he thinks he wants to see. But first, I'm going to tell you about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs this season. And football betting, obviously, is like the number one thing. College football, pro football, it's all there. You can find all the latest developments with players and teams and all the news, podcasts, in-depth stuff, analysis on every single game that you can find. You're going to find all that stuff at Bet Online, And as always, Bet Online remains your number one continued source for all of your sports wagering information. You want to figure out what to bet on, what's hot, live betting. You can, in the game, you can say, well, this first half went this way. I'm going to bet on this in the second half. It's all there with up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. That includes Major League Baseball playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, obviously the NBA, especially now that the season is right around the corner. So head on, head on over to betonline.net, your 
fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. You can even use your mobile device to do so and learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to your favorite app for watching or listening to podcasts and search for the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. It's a six-episode extravaganza getting you ready for the NBA season. The Contender podcast already dropped on the Lockdown Celtics feed. Go check out the rest. Search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022. You're going to get the NBA insiders of the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. It exists wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. Tom, what are you looking for? And is it more boring or minute than screening? Um, definitely. It's probably equally, equally boring. Uh, but we can start with, we can start with one that we touched on yesterday as well. I, I am very curious to see how much more the Celtics try with this, uh, no Tatum, no Brown lineup, um, that the different looks that they can put together there. Um, and, and again, this is something we touched on yesterday, but the different looks they can put together there with, with all the shooting that can go around them, you know, the various, the various bigs, the various different looks that you can create there where the offense is based around Malcolm Brogdon. That's that's so interesting to me. Um, you know, Brogdon's talked about it a bunch of times. I think he really wants people to remember that he was a number one option at one point. <laughs> like He's like, I think he's cool with coming off the bench. I think he's completely fine with it. I think he wants to win a championship. I think he recognizes that, I mean, he's an, he's an intellectual dude. He, he understands that the Celtics, uh, you know, he's going to get minutes and, and all of this stuff. I also think he just... Just make sure everybody remembers, you know. Yeah. I'm don't, forget. don't forget. Don't forget. Like, it's okay. I'll come off the bench, but don't don't let anybody forget. Um, so I I, I I like those lineups because I, I think it it's kind of a fun reminder. Like, oh yeah, this guy's really good. Like he's easily a starter quality player, obviously, and he just isn't going to be on the Celtics. Um, and, and just kind of in general, I, I think the idea of buying real time for both Tatum and Brown on the bench in game is so interesting and it, it it also opens up the you know more lineups where those guys are together right because one of the downsides of staggering um you know staggering is great because it keeps you know one of your stars on the floor at all times but you know one of the downsides is that if you stagger that means more minutes where you know you don't have both of them so if you can get them both on the bench i mean heck, that's 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 more minutes with tatum and brown both on the floor at the same time that's great so um again I, like this they haven't done that super extensively yet they you know there haven't been like a ton of um, non-garbage time minutes where where those guys are are, are you know both off the floor, but mm-hmm. the little bits and pieces we've seen here and there are interesting to me and definitely something I kind of want to keep an eye on as as Missoula's building his rotations here. Malcolm Brogdon is the front man, the former front man for a band who's now playing keyboards for another band. He's like, just just remember, just remember, right? Exactly. You know? I'm over here singing back up and you, you, you know, he gets to sing lead on one track on the album that doesn't get released, but he's, he just, just remember I was the front man for, yeah, yeah. You know, just remember, I'm, I'm nice. Like I'm, I'm nice. You know, I'm, I'm humble, but I, but I am nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, I heard his, uh, his college coach talking, um, with Chris Forsberg and, uh, he's like, you know, don't mistake this guy for being nice and kind for like not wanting to rip your throat out. Because yeah. he'll 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 try, and you can't be this good without no. wanting to rip out your opponent's throat. Correct. And you can you can be like iron fist in a velvet glove, but you still got that iron fist. And and there's no doubt Brogdon carries that. I mean, obviously, I want to see 
when it comes to Brogdon specifically, I actually want to see some of his shots fall. You know, yeah. if he's going to yeah. be out there, and he said that, he said that in practice on Wednesday, we talked to him because he said, you know, I'm looking to get more comfortable and, you know, more fluid and so on and so forth. And I said, you've looked pretty comfortable and fluid so far. What what else is there? He, he kind of laughed and he's like, well, you know, I would like to see some of the open jumpers that I've got fall. And that's that's legitimately something that if you are going to rest Tatum and Brown and say, okay, we got Brogdon and he can be the front man for, for this particular lineup in the second quarter or wherever, you're still going to need him to make some shots. Yep. And it's not that I doubt that he's going to make some shots. It's just that I would like to see that start to happen because that's just going to open up the other stuff. If the, you know how it goes, yeah. if you're going to break down a defense, they have to respect that shot. It's like when I was talking about Grant Williams the other day and the expansion of his, uh, his offensive game, he's out there on the perimeter using the threat of his three pointer. Well, you gotta, you're gonna have to take a couple of those pull up jumpers and bury them so they can respect the fact that you're willing to take them that's what makes the fakes and the hezzies and the crossovers happen. That's why they work. So if for some reason, and I don't expect Brogdon to be this way, but if for some reason the change of role suddenly messes with his continuity with his shot, that changes the dynamic of what he's able to do. Because if you get into November and December and that shot's not for falling, then the defense is like, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll start daring him and start taking away that just play him to drive and say something upstairs isn't isn't working in this new role. And he's he's his true shooting percentage is going to drop 10 points below what it was. Again, I don't expect that, but also I'd like to see that disproven sooner rather than later. Well, and if nothing else, right? Like the defense could very easily say, look, we know Brogdon can make threes. But it's not, he doesn't make them at a clip that is dangerous enough, like that, that we can prioritize guarding other guys. And that's not what you want either, right? Because right. Uh, the whole point of, of this, the whole con, the whole conceit of this team is, uh, you know, building, like making everything easier for Jalen and Jason. So, I mean, the interesting thing about Brogdon's three point shooting is like, you go back the last four years in 2018, 19 in Milwaukee, you know, 42.6, 2019, 20. 32.6, so 10% lower than the next year, 38.8, then the year after that, 31.2. So, like, two out of the last four hmm. years from three are tough, like, not yeah. good. And and both of those were in Indiana, where he obviously had a much, you know, greater offensive role. Um, I'm curious if that one year in, uh, in, in Milwaukee was just like, uh, you know, Giannis is attracting so much attention, like, it's just like target practice type thing. But Yeah. Um, which, you know, seems plausible. But, I mean, yeah, like... He's he has you know entire seasons under his belt where he did not shoot the three well and it would really help the Celtics quite a lot if he uh, if he made a consistent number of threes this season. Like I don't think that him missing threes is necessarily going to preclude him from being a highly highly useful player here. But boy, it would just you know he got back up to that thirty eight point eight range on six point yeah. seven attempts per game like he had in uh, in 2020, 2021. That that's. I mean, that's that's just enormous for the Celtics team going forward. And and this is going to be the 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 dichotomy of Malcolm Brogdon. And if I have any concern, and let me just be clear for people who haven't heard my other podcasts where I mentioned Brogdon, uh, Brogdon has been awesome 
And I yes. have not, I, yes. I do not have a concern. I do not have a, a, a legitimate concern based on what I've seen. But I know historically, players who come in and don't have defined roles. In fact, on Wednesday, he said, was it in the media session or on the podcast with, with Forsberg? I forget what he said. It's all mixing together. It might have been on the podcast with Forsberg, where he said, Defi- defined roles are everything in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Literally said, quote, mm-hmm. defined roles are everything in the NBA. What's his defined role with this team? Because Smart's the point guard when Smart's on the floor. He's the point guard when Smart's not on the floor. When it's Tatum and Brown and everybody and he's on in, in that lineup, he's a spot-up shooter. When he's... When it's not those guys, he's the primary ball handler and driver and creator. It's not, I mean, I guess you can say, well, there's your defined role with Brogdon. That's the definition, but it's it's the definition is in a way undefined. And if I have any sort of theoretical question about hmm, if anything's gonna mess with him, it's the these times I'm spotting up, these times I'm doing this, and it's not necessarily a defined thing that I'm doing. Um, but to to kind of provide my own counterpoint, once it's like the leadoff hitter in baseball, you lead off once, basically. And at that point, after that, you're just part of the rotation. And right. each other time you can come up is you're, you're batting with runners in scoring position. So it, it, it's once you get rid of the ball as the point guard, you can still end up in the corner. And you can still be a spot-up shooter. You can pass to Sam Hauser, and they can close out hard, and he can swing to Grant and swing to a big and swing to Brogdon in the corner, and he's still taking that same spot-up jumper. So I'm not saying that it's a major concern and that it's it's going to be two completely different things, but the difference is there, and whenever there's a question, I would like to see an answer. But I did have one other thing I want to see, and that's Ooh. Justin Jackson. Um I, I'm really interested. I don't think he's got a chance, but I do think that the Celtics, like, like wingy guys, you know, these, like these six, eight guys who can just do a little bit of extra stuff. Like, I mean, you know, I know, I know you have some concerns about like Vonley and stuff like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, and I, and I, and I, I hear those concerns. And I think that part of the reason that, that they're interesting is, is because of guys like Justin Jackson, where it's like, I I still, I don't think he's going to make the team. And I don't know what he could do to make the team because, the Celtics kind of know what he is, which is a three-point shooter and, like, right. who hasn't shot the ball all that well um, for a little bit here. But he is, like, he's a little, you know, he, he's kind of got a little bit of that tweener thing that the Celtics like and that, you know, that they might need. And I think when you're looking for that 15th guy on the bench, the the big thing that you're looking for is, is, is somebody who can, like, hey, like, uh, we, we need you to, like, spot us, like, like two minutes in roll X. And, and, and at 6'8", that's kind of the, that, that kind of gives you that like um, yeah. roll X can also be roll Y can also be roll uh, roll W whatever it might be. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit interested in him. I, again, I I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's I don't think he's got a chance at this roster. But um, I'm not a thousand percent ready to rule him out yet. You just like the fact that he shoots. Um, no, because he doesn't no. shoot that well. <laughs> Um, let's, let's rapid fire our way through the rest of this. Let's, let's just rapid it. fire questions. And just like quick point counterpoint. And then hope, I'm more, I'm, I'm not even telling you this. 
I'm telling myself this. You can tell me John, that. Yeah, I'll buy <laughs> I'm, I'm telling I'm, I'm telling myself, John, just don't belabor any points. All okay. right. Next next thing I want to see. No, I gotta, um, I gotta stretch. I gotta stretch. Ready? All right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Breathe in through right. the nose, out through the mouth. <sighs> okay, okay, I'm ready. Here yeah. we go. I'd like to see Tatum start hitting some shots. Mm. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. I'd like, I'd like to, to see, see a couple threes. Yeah, I'd like to see Tatum start hitting some shots because I don't want to see him actually start cold. I know we're joking about him starting yeah. cold. It's the preseason that's not officially starting cold. I don't want him to go 30% from three in October, November, regular season. Let's let's get this going from the beginning. Yep. It's a good one. Um, I wanna I wanna take a I don't have any water here. I want to pour one out a little bit for uh Broderick Thomas. I uh, I thought that there was something there. Thought that I thought that that guy had some uh, had some juice. I still think he might, but uh, not with his team apparently. So uh, salute to Broderick Thomas. You're a fun story. <laughs> I hope you make it somewhere, man. Um, how about how about getting Kevin Gelly some minutes? I'd like to see what Kevin Gelly can bring. Um, it, it was interesting because I talked to Al Horford, and he had one of those telling quotes. Remember, we were joking about Brad Stevens. And and the uh, the the Poirier, what does he yeah, bring? Yeah, oh, yeah, well, he's yeah. a funny guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Horford quote was something like, "He has the energy that can change a game. Uh, he may not have the skills or all the skills." And he basically saying like, "This kid is still raw, yeah. but he's he's very he he's got the energy to come in." And the way I, I put it to Al was, "You're down you're down twenty to five in the first quarter and it's like, damn it. You know, I've called a timeout. I got nothing. We, you know, we, we put this other guy and we got, let's just get Kevin Gelly in there and just go like what Aaron Neesmith used to do and just running around and, and being on the brink of just injuring four people on a play. Let's just see that energy out there. The, uh, like anybody who follows me on Twitter uh, may have seen me tweeting out like, like he really heavy music. I like a lot of heavy music. And there's a big difference between like metal music and the, the, like other like genres within like like within the kind of the hardcore umbrella. And I, I like Kevin Gelly because he's there's this this one kind of subgenre of it, um, which is like beatdown. And beatdown is it's literally just created so that people who are moshing try to like you know kick the crap out of each other, right? You know whatever. Um, it's it, it, it's got like kind of a groove to it, but it's not like this technical stuff where metal's like shreddy. You know the the, the instrument, you know the the guitarists uh -huh. or whatever are super talented. Cat Miguel is beat down, like he's just like like he's just ah energy all the time, just like uh, you know swinging around everywhere. He's not you know he's not technical. He's not you know busting out yeah. like like these like super nice sweeps or whatever. He's just in there, yeah. Like he's just uh, just kind of it's all about the energy uh, with that guy, and I, I appreciate that. I'm going to take everything you said just from context and agree yeah. with you because I'm dressed like a roadie for run DMC. So I have no idea what you're talking about. I respect it. Um, I am curious to see what Peyton Pritchard can do. Like, Oh yes. Good one. How, how can we, how, how, what are we going to see with him? Like, who is he going to play with? He's, he, like he's looks better. Like he's, he clearly has improved over the off season and I just don't know what yeah. you can, how you can get him on the floor. Like it's too when crowded. Do you so like, I, I'm curious to see if Missoula can, can work something out there because I do feel like he's a little bit too good to just bench, but like, I don't know, man, Malcolm Brogdon and Derek Wade are better. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Who do you play ahead of him? 
that, yeah. that, that that's you, you've got smart Brogdon and white. There's three guards, point guardy guys that, yeah. and, and certainly, uh, Pritchard is a better shooter at, at least than Derek White, and certainly better shooter than Marcus Smart. Might be better oh, than Malcolm really? Brogdon too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so you put him out there, and you're like, okay, he can shoot. But now you have a really, really undersized shooting guard, and I still don't trust him to run the offense. I don't yeah. trust him exactly to be the point guard. the 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 beauty of Pritchard is when he's catching and shooting, and is a spot up guy. You can't play him next to Derek White because Derek White's not that big. Marcus Smart's my size. That's big enough, but not that's still small. You want Marcus Smart to be the smallest guy on the floor at 6'5. Right. You don't want him to be, you know, you want that kind of th- the beauty of the Celtics is size and switchability. And it's it's just another year of Pritchard kind of looking good and I don't know where he's going to get the minutes. I yep. said the same thing last year and people were like, Oh, I don't know. And he got a bunch of DMPs at the beginning. The only thing I can say is if the Celtics are going to keep the minutes low uh, for everybody else, there might be a time, might be some three or four minute stints where he'll get the, the early regular season minutes, but then later on those get phased out. Yep. All right. Last thing, last thing, what I want to see in the last preseason game, is actually a close game between two teams that are trying. I want to see what Joe Mazzula does. I want to see Joe Mazzula call timeouts and stop runs. I want to see some more of these ATOs, the out-of-timeout plays, where he's drawing, what's he drawing up, and who's he drawing it up for, and you know what misdirections is he throwing in there. I want to see an early example of tight game, strategy, coaching. I want to see him put to the test. I, I do too, man. And and I it's so interesting because I really kind of feel for Missoula on this one because like this just is, was not what he signed up for, man. Totally. Like I mean and, and he's honestly like everybody's talking about how what a great job he's doing. I mean he seems like he's you know he's got everybody's respect, all that stuff. But like you know drawing up ATOs was just <laughs> I mean, you go back to like I I don't remember when all this happened. Time is time is dead. Nothing you know, nothing <laughs> makes sense anymore. But like, you know, August, whatever this was, you know, like you go back to August. It's like imagine being telling Joe Mazzula like, oh, by the way, on October twelfth, something you know, <laughs> podcast will be talking about like what is Joe Mazzula going to draw up in the last minute of a game? Like yeah. insanity. So yeah. I'm I'm curious too. Uh, good, you know. It seems like he's doing well, so I'm fascinated to see what. It's just so weird to like even be talking about it at this stage. Yeah, he's done a great job getting the guys focused. He's yeah. done a great job focusing on the details. All the preseason stuff that he's supposed to do, he's done a great job with it. Now it's the in-game stuff, and that goes with recognition. How fast is he recognizing this lineup doesn't work? How fast is he recognizing this guy doesn't have it? How fast is he recognizing... The other team is making a run and you got to stop this thing. Those things are, those things come with experience. And that's the one thing it's hard to duplicate. He could be amazing and everything else. And if these, if he's weak in the end game stuff, then that becomes an issue. And then you got to figure out the bench, how they're going to help him out and all that stuff. So that just comes with doing it. 
And I want to see, I want to see some tight games and, and see him do it. All right. I think we did it, Tom. That's a uh, two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> two thumbs up on the podcast for the underscore boys. Yes, Tom Westerholm. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you. And I appreciate you, Tom, and you, viewer, watcher, listener, because we do the show five days a week, and I hope you enjoy it. We do it for you so you can enjoy your Celtics experience and just maybe see the game a little bit differently, maybe enjoy it just a little tiny bit more. That's all we're trying to do for you. So if you're still here and you haven't subscribed, please do so. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, would love to do that. Uh, I, especially, um, I'm going to play this card now, the Locked On Lakers podcast passed Locked On Celtics in subscribers. They're about 100 subscribers ahead of us, and I just cannot functionally handle that. So I'm begging, I am flat out begging, if you are not subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, please subscribe so we can pass the Lakers podcast again and shove it in their face. I'm being blatant about my pettiness there. So please do that and share the podcast. That'll really help. Tell everybody, tell your friends, tell every single person you meet that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.